Welcome to this podcast, Clearing the Haze, Making the Invisible Visible, a podcast that discusses topics that are usually invisible or just hazy. I'm your host, Shachi Irte. Please note, this podcast was recorded during the lockdown in the country with limited available resources. Therefore, the sound quality may not always be at its best. We sincerely apologize for the same. The messages shared here are clear of the haze and enables inclusion for all. Please listen and enjoy. In our episode today, we will explore the trials and tribulations of women in media. World over, the number of women in media are very few. Whether it is behind the scenes or on the field covering a story or wielding a camera to cover a footage, women are a rarity. But we see we have two women here who have seen success and who have stuck in the media through everything. Welcome our guests. My first guest today is Harvinder Khetal, an award-winning journalist working with the Tribune as assistant editor, which is headquartered in Chandigarh. My second guest is Amar Jyoth, again a Chandigarh-based journalist working for the Tribune. Welcome to this edition of the show. Harvinder, I'll begin with you. All our careers have traversed interesting paths. Share with us your career journey, Harvinder. Thank you, Shachi, for the kind introduction. I've had a very interesting career graph and it has been a learning experience from day one. I joined the Tribune in 1992, which was 29 years ago, when there were very few women in our office. In fact, out of the editorial strength of about 80 people, there were just three women in the newsroom that time and none in the field reporting site. I also joined as a trainee sub-editor. Then gradually, it was a time when uh, the women were still finding their feet. They, were, they had just got their own uh, uh, toilet facility for the first time a, a couple of years before we joined. Earlier, there was no uh, need, so there was no toilet. So we were at that stage. And the only thing that we were asked at the interview was if we would be ready to do night duties. So that was how it was those days. Uh, I have fond memories along with certain trials and tribulations, as you said, that come with uh, being uh, the minority gender in any workplace. Thank you, Harvinder. Uh, so with that, I will move to Amar Jyot. You know, Amar, right now you have a multitude of options, uh, different careers that are available to you. And uh, from the outside, journalism looks quite tough. What made you choose this career? Well, uh, to be very honest with you, uh, Sachi, thanks for the lovely question, first of all. But we as the young, I've only, I've only been nine years a journalist and it doesn't really, it's not as much an experience as, as uh, Harvinder's is, for example. And she started off in the 90s. I believe the first woman to have joined the Tribune uh, was back in the 80s. We are talking about women in, you know, I, especially when I was growing up, I've, I'd heard of a lot of, a lot of women and specifically Barkhadat because this is the time when the 90s was up and, and I was still in school and we were wondering what exactly would, would I want to do and I really didn't have anything in mind except that I was good with languages. So when Barkhadat happened, I instantly 
just that very moment thought that this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to be the voice of the people, which uh, very strangely and uh, beautifully happens to be the tagline of the Tribune. That's how I think that was the first thing that made me choose journalism, looking at just, just Barkhadar. I also, I, I wanted to work in the field because I love meeting new people. I'm a very talkative person. So I wanted to uh, really see the world up close, have my ear to the ground. Thank you, Marjot. Of course, being on the field is a totally different ballgame altogether. But, you know, what I would like to highlight actually is uh, what you stated. You know, having a role model is so important to get to see where you want to go, what you want to do. You know, I have been consistently reading about how much difference a role model makes and especially in a woman's career, because there are so few women in the top. Once you get to see a role model, it becomes so much easy for you to say, yes, I'm passionate. This is what I want to do. And I know I have seen a successful person and I know I can be that. Amar, what has been your experience? You know, you are in the path of growth. How have you seen how, what are your battles? You know, how do you push back when you see a lot of male opinions coming your way? Please share. Just to exist in a male-dominated society, just to breathe is difficult sometimes. And uh, see, there are a lot of different kinds of women. I, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm a radical, a radical feminist and uh, quite a rebel as well. So for me, it wasn't easy at all. Even at the entry level, I mean, you got in, but I was judged uh, right from smoking. I don't think anyone gives two hoots about a man standing smoking a cigarette. And in fact, it was considered, it is considered still very fashionable for, for men to be in the media organizations and those brooding journalists. And it's something that you see in pop culture. I mean, there's fear and loathing in Las Vegas. And you actually see Hunter S. Thompson, again, one of those people who really inspires me. I love his anarchism and his anarcho-syndicism, which he possibly, uh, his, he bases his ideology on. But it was so okay for Hunter S. Thompson to go shoot up, to go um, do cocaine, do uh, marijuana, talk about marijuana legalizing and just smoke. For someone like me who is a smoker, I remember just entering the Tribune, for example, and there was a news around the organization that there's this girl, she's walked in, she's possibly from either Delhi or Bombay, and she smokes. The girl who smokes. So I was not, I was not Amar Jodh. I was not uh, even someone who's joined the lifestyle section. I was just a girl who smokes and that was how, you know, that's the first, first thing that, that they saw about me. This is just the beginning, just the tip of the iceberg. There when I say that it wouldn't have been such a big deal for a guy to come in and smoke a cigarette and be recognized as someone who smokes, right? Now, it's even worse when you are uh, as a youngster because in our language and how millennials tend to talk and uh, socialize with each other is just like, hey, you know, why don't you hop in at mine for a couple of drinks? And hey, you know what? Chal sutta, chai sutta pite hai. You know, that's a very general thing of, you know, like, let's just go out for a tea and a cigarette. But I think we are also dealing with men who are in that particular age group who cannot understand and take that kind of, I, 
they don't understand that kind of socializing for them it's like oh you know she's maybe she's loose oh maybe she's she's looking to you know sort of uh, she's inviting some kind of reaction from the other side so we've I've actually on a very personal level battled that and uh, then of course it translates into you know how you are as a person so I started writing articles about marijuana legalization because it's something that we I, one does their research on and one's spoken to the top uh, government institute in India but still you know there are there were people who were heard saying that oh you know what she's talking about marijuana legalization possibly drugs karti hogi so you know it's like it's a very very ingrained thing of how you see drinking smoking being really cool for men in media but not as much for women and um, it's the same kind of feminist casteism that comes into play even when uh, you have women bosses or women colleagues there's there's a lot that comes into uh, this equation so i've also had women seniors and women bosses before who have not even recognized marital rape as an issue when i wanted to do a story on it so we we do see a lot of that and no i don't see much of change really i mean it's there maybe it's just 1% 2% but uh we still don't have i keep saying this over and over again but we don't have female photojournalist chandigarh a small city like this has never had a female photojournalist ever so it rattles me you know marjot listening to both you and harvinder just makes me think people love labeling women we have to fight not only for inclusion but also for equity and i'm very proud that i'm talking to both you and harvinder today and who have been such great feminists fighting your way through so i'm just going to change our track a little bit uh, to bring to for uh, you know what has been the experience of uh, dealing with social media so harvinder how do you keep yourself abreast of everything that is happening around in social media because suddenly you see something is trending something is not do you really report that do you not because sometimes we don't know what is fake what is real how do you go about it that's a good question sachi no doubt this is the age of uh, social media where initially everybody join, wanted to join the bandwagon the joining facebook twitter tumble whatever have you and so many new things still coming up and just to keep abreast of oneself so as since it is our job to keep ourselves abreast of what's happening latest our newspaper being a daily it is more so in the sense that we need to be aware of what is happening on the go on a daily basis but uh, over the years i realized over not years when i was into it a short while i realized that very soon a little mini industry had developed around social media which is busy uh, making news out of the news makers tweets and uh, comments on uh, other places soon i realized that it becomes very overwhelming to keep track of everything but the other easy way out is to instead of going individually into everybody's tweets you start looking for news that is made out from these news makers and then you follow them so that's how uh, we do these days and of course uh, we have our own little people around uh, especially reporters who are more made to keep track of such things our job is basically to opinionate or ideate about things that are happening so for us uh, a lot of research goes into the background of issues and possible solutions so that just becomes a news pick 
knowing what is happening or what is trending or trolling or whatever is uh, in the news so that's how we work hari harvinder is absolutely right when she says that you know reporters tend to keep track of people around the news etc so i categorically follow a lot of feminist channels and accounts on social media ranging from anarchist girls to wabi sabi society to a lot of graphic illustrators that i can mention before as well and you see we are the internet is is voicing women's rights women's issues and social media of, of course is is voicing so, uh, women's issues like like nobody's nobody else like for example we've had art whoring uh which is one of those uh, channels graphic illustrators who had loved to follow she had started uh, a complete series of women where uh, there were issues ranging from you know difference in skin color how women are differentiated on the basis of their skin and she'd call someone kali and she'd painted kali in the most uh, modern punk woman as a modern punk dark skin woman and she'd also started free the nipple campaign which essentially was about uh painting women with uh, t-shirts on but not necessarily you know hiding their nipples so we've had women like that we've had graphic illustrators there's hate copy there's pakistani martha stewart a lot of other you know uh, graphic illustrators who're doing a great job on instagram and on um, on facebook too you find such channels and uh, i'm also a huge huge fan of music so you have uh, a russian group pop group it's a band group it's called pussy riot so you should listen to them they're doing some great stuff and uh, had it not been for social media i would have never been introduced to them of course suzy su from the 80s is again brilliant and uh, janis joplin all of these people are exceptionally amazing so there <laughs> So Amarjot I hear a lot about your indulgence if I may call in social media and I also know you have over 4000 followers you know I don't think it is very easy to have so many followers and not have trolls how do you deal with your trolls what oh. makes you hang on there but push back some of them whom you don't want I answer them and then I block them. So there are a lot of stories. I'm a I'm an extremely opinionated woman and I I'm not just opinionated. I also let my opinions known and heard and written and shown. It can be very offensive to a lot of people. So even with the kind of stories that one does and I talk about uh dalit rights i talk about women rights because you cannot talk about women's rights in exclusivity to uh, other uh you know issues or other oppressed sections of the society specifically when one does stories like these which are which are very anti establishment and you know that they will ruffle feathers and they are slightly sensitive you do tend to get a lot of backlash and sometimes when you're posting the story or your videos on on internet it becomes even more difficult i remember covering uh, student politics student politics is another very very it's a very difficult sensitive space to be in because there are a lot of other student groups involved so from there you get a lot of backlash and uh, you know uh, a lot of people i mean they were just literally out there to say nastiest things to you comment on your stories say even go down on borderline being borderline abusive so i had to i had sleepless nights i thought i'd possibly just block them and let it be so i did sift a lot of my contact list there because there were a lot of people who were just out there to you know sort of say just nasty things and even if they wouldn't say anything uh, nasty to the account like to be public as such they would send me a direct message which was 
even worse i mean something like you know you meet me and i'll show you what can happen and stuff like that so that was really nasty but that's just uh, that's not something that we are subjected to only on the internet we get out of that internet that that space which is so virtual and it's not really real even when i would go for something as innocuous as getting box pops for one of the columns uh, one of the vlogs that we were running for the tribune it was called first day first show i just had to go to the theater and talk to people and ask them what did they think about the film now this was a very very basic vox pop vlog video that we were basically doing for the tribune and even when you would go to the boys you know just to be nasty and just to trouble you and just to make you look like an idiot or you know to have a certain kind of connotation and and you'd approach them with like bas pajik bite leni so you just just needed to take a bite you know and you know you want to say that you t- you want to take a bite but they are understanding it as bite so uh, you were being told like oh you want to take a bite you know and that in itself is so demeaning and you're like no no i just want a quote you know and you you want to be really professional but how can you not lose your cool when someone's acting so nasty so i think that's something i mean i've had a situation where a very senior person asked me to stay out and he refused to talk to me because i was wearing a dress in his office and he refused to shake hands with me he shook hands with every other person and only me i mean as a woman i felt really i felt really sad because uh, you know this guy was a conservative of course a conservative middle aged man but you know imagine saying hello to everyone and not saying not shaking hands with me and just saying namaste to me it was i, I mean how how is that not untouchability you know that's how i felt like an untouchable so i had those experiences bad ones you know amarjot you bring such an interesting perspective okay i mean i'm really not sure whether i should feel thankful that somebody did not shake my hand or should i feel insulted because somebody not shake my hand they do such things you know I the reason like i say is <laughs> i really did you know because in early in my career when some men would shake their hands with me i would hate it because a simple handshake can be made you feel very horrible the way I've they touch you the way they shake your side, hands awkward hugs we've had awkward touch on the butt and we've had awkward oh my god i just brushed across your chest i'm so sorry about it like they do it on it's it's always like oh i'm so sorry galti se lag gaya you know it's by mistake but they will do things like you know they'll just possibly just brush their hand uh, you know on, on your on your hips or on your chest and it's a it's a regular thing like oh my god i want to punch this person in the face and tell this person that you know i know what you are doing but you don't you just you just look at that person and say oh my god you know get a life and you just walk off and you're like ah, whatever you know i'll possibly just smoke another cigarette yes i hear you you know because if you go and complain either you will be labeled as somebody who is complaining or then the benevolent sexism raises its head and we know that women who have been subjected to benevolent sexism will almost always say that it has been their career derailer 
I don't even think men in men in India are benevolent, you know, for them to be benevolent sexists. I mean, for that, men have to be benevolent. Here, men are uh, not even benevolent. They are constantly vilifying all women in their lives. I mean, you start from wife jokes to, you know, and and vilification and constant vilification of wives is a regular thing with all men. I mean, you talk about aunties and you know, saying that it's the women who gossip and stuff. I think it's the men. So let me hear from Harvinder. How has her experience been? You know, given that she's got a lot more experience, has things changed? Are you seeing Amarjot being subjected to more such challenges? Uh, have or what has it been? No, I think this uh, sexism is something that is universal. All women have, uh, whether at home or in their workplace or outside. no woman can claim to have not been subjected to it in some form or the other it may be subtle form or it may be directly leading even up to uh, sexual abuse or violence as uh, this me too movement showed there are so many women who have had to undergo pressures uh, from their bosses but because of their minority the past structure being in favor of the predominant male species they have always generally kept quiet and anybody who dared to speak out has had to do it at his or her, her own peril in the sense it could have cost her a job or even uh, probably her due place uh, of promotion in that society, in that organization these are things which nobody can claim to have not undergone it could be in the form of just uh, supposing a simple thing like granting leave to to your subordinate when it comes to a woman it's like a benevolence oh okay okay she has to look after her children or she, there is some work at home domestic issue but if the same uh, reason is uh, proffered by her, by the male colleague then he is looked upon as being such a responsible man at home and work both yeah yeah he, he must go so those kind of uh, sniggerings and scoffing and mocking at people uh, women making fun of them indirectly those things are the ways in which uh, things where you just kind of either you uh, smile or make a uh, brave face about it and carry on or sometimes you answer back also and then then the situation it keeps uh, simmering for a few days and then th- since we have to carry on with the work things then sort them uh, sort out among themselves but it's also this thing is not only about seniors even juniors i have seen as uh, i uh, you know got positions of authority when you uh, pass orders or you ask your juniors to do certain work then you realize that the, the men they do not take so kindly to orders from women bosses unlike their male uh, colleagues even though it's the same thing it's work but the gender issue comes in between where you you are always at kind of alert or attention uh, there's a red zone so those kind of things yeah we all have to face <laughs> so women end up facing so many things yeah. you know first is we seek support we seek every i mean we want to prove ourselves first to ourselves and then to the society and then along with that we get so many barriers but we still persist perseverance is our i think greatest strength right along with that we do celebrate our success so 
you know, I want to ask you, Harvinder, what has been your most coveted moment in your career? Yeah, uh, Shachi, in these 30 years, early on uh, in the Tribune, uh, there was a rule that one could get um, promotions only after a certain number of years. So early on, we realized and we learned to even covet the promotions which came with uh, due time and not necessarily because of some uh, extraordinary work that you may have done during that time. These things, I think around six years old in the profession, I uh, won the Prem Bhartia Fellowship for doing my work on farmers' uh, condition in Punjab. So that was one good thing. Alongside, I was teaching uh, in Punjab University Masquam Department as a guest lecturer. So that also gave me a lot of moments of happiness. Of course, I mean, I enjoyed my work. I used to feel proud of the editions or of the editing work that I had done. Or Then along with it, I got opportunity to go out in the field and report stories. So those things, uh, they added a little bit of jazz to my work. Otherwise, the desk job can be quite dull and dreary. Uh, so those were the things that happened. And now I feel happy that I am uh, uh, at a stage where uh, it is considered one of the peaks of a career to be able to write editorials or be, uh, be connected with the, associated with the edit and op-ed pages. So I can say I have reached there. But of course, um, there are so many other glass ceilings yet to be breached. Awesome. More power to you to breach all those glass ceilings. And despite all the trials and tribulations, you have achieved so much. Congratulations to you. Uh, Amarjot, what have been your dreams? How do you see yourself growing in this setup? I dream of doing a really strong investigative story someday and I mean helping people to understand how this system so rotten really I mean not that we don't do that every day but I think it's just channelizing a lot of anger within me and becoming and making that that anger the anger of the people and and projecting it to the people and saying listen you know what we need to be heard because there is I mean I I I, I love Arundhiti Roy again she's uh, again one of those people who I really look up to and uh, Roy says this really beautiful thing she says that there are no things there are there is no such thing as voiceless there are either those who are either either not heard or those who are deliberately silenced now, that is what I'd like to tap into. Those are my dreams, my aspirations. To really, um, I don't know if I'd want to do anything because I'm not really, um, I'm very indie in my journalism style also. I'm very basic. I'm not, I, I, I don't do mainstream stuff. So I think if I'd really want to do something, it, it is to really bring gender issues also to talk about them. I remember one of my biggest, I mean, one of my the highlights that one of the stories that I did that gave me a lot of strength and a push to do such stories ahead was to interview Bant Singh on uh, Father's Day and World Music Day. I listened to this this song by Word Sound Power. They were making meaningful music at that point in time. And Bant, uh, a little bit about Bant in 2003-04, his daughter was gang raped. He's a Dalit Sikh who uh, fought against his oppressors. And or those, in fact, those women, those men, upper caste men who had raped his daughters, uh, daughter and uh, he had sought justice. 
uh, but in turn he had uh, his arms and legs were chopped off by these uh, upper caste men uh, this is the price he paid for justice and that uh, story on fathers day and music day uh, really made sense to me because bunt even when he his his arms and legs were chopped off he said that you know you can cut off my arms and legs you can cut off my limbs but you will not be able to cut off the spirit and my strength to sing so from now on i will sing about the oppression i will sing about what women in villages face and what what women are going through so that was very very powerful for a father to you know sort of come out with quite an example so i think if there are these kinds of stories that i can bring forward even one every year i will be happy Thanks, Amarjot, and more power to you to bring these stories. <laughs> you, you know, when you were speaking about the story or sharing the story, I was getting goosebumps listening to it. You know, oh, Bantes, Bantes, I had little. He's he's my hero. In fact, there are many such ordinary people with extraordinary stories. And Bant, there is a an entire novel which has been written about Bant Singh by Nirupama Dutt. One must read it. She was uh, one of the first to have gone and interviewed him also. So Nirupama Dutt is another contributing editor in the Hindustan Times. So yes, also a poet and an author. Thanks. So I hope we will get to read more of your uh, stories, more investigative journalism that you I do. So. Uncover the oppression and uh, let's hope that as we progress, uh, we don't have to have these horrible stories, but have at least happy stories uh, with good endings. Uh, that is my wish. And with that, you know, we all career women really have a role to play to pay it forward and encourage more women to come into mainstream voices is what I would say. Whether they want to use journalism, whether they want to be editors, whether they want to be writers, poets, whatever. But the more voices we hear, I think the more we will be able to get them into mainstream. So how is that you are paying it forward? Arvinder, I did hear you say uh, you are teaching at the Punjab University. What else are you doing to mentoring women to encourage them to come to uh, mainstream uh, media? It is like when I was new to this profession and all bosses were male that time, we few women had just joined and so we were all at the junior most level so that time i used to see that how men behaved even if not directly but indirectly with women in their uh, very pompous manner as if they were talking down to you and not talking to you at an equal level unlike the other male colleagues so that time i had resolved um, and promised myself that the day i go to that side of the table, I will not behave in this manner with my women colleagues. So that's one, uh, one promise that I made to myself, which I always keep in mind when I'm dealing with my junior women colleagues. And that's, I think, a big thing. If each one of us behaves like that, it can make a lot of difference. And I just hope that our seniors also now start looking at women uh, in a more equitable manner. Thank you, um, Harvinder. More power to you to encourage more women to ensure inclusivity uh, is embraced and workplaces become much more livelier and easier to work for irrespective of their genders. Amarjot, any last words that you would like to share for our listeners? I can, I can totally um, vouch for what Harry is uh, saying here. 
as for me well i am i'm not really i mean i'm just a senior staff correspondent and uh, not really in the position of authority but what we have started to do i can tell you is that we've started on field developing more sources uh, which are women so most of my sources when i say 90% of my sources are actually women and they are so um, they are they are so welcoming and then they're also the kind of people who would need help and you know your sources are it's always a give and take so you know you you take information and then obviously you're doing things in return and uh, reporters unfortunately it's no teamwork unlike the desk it's all a one man you are a one man army and uh, i'm sorry uh, i'm going to stop you here it's a one person army yeah one person yeah i'm so <laughs> sorry yes I mean, it's a one woman army in my case <laughs> let's use that word instead so um yeah in in that case you know you are looking at you you are looking at how you want to grow yourself but at the same time you're also looking at women uh, around you and how to make them grow i will also voice my opinion on how women are not given crucial beats which are directly linked with society for example crime it has been a regular trend in media organizations that someone who covers crime is 90% of the times a man which makes it difficult to get the other side of the story what i hear you say is that at the end of the day the more voices you hear and the different perspectives that people bring to the table will help us unearth the real stories thank you so much for being our wonderful guest today and more power to supporting women in the media thank you very much thank you for inviting us sachi thank you Thank you for listening in. For this episode, we would like to thank our two guests, Harvinder Khetan and Amar Jyoti, Alliance Fonsies of Chandigarh, Ophelia Billen, Director, Alliance Fonsies, Chandigarh, the French Embassy, the French Institute, and the Alliance Fonsies Network in India for producing the show. A special thanks to Hemant Sarang and his team for their advice and technical support. Please do subscribe and review the show on various podcasting platforms and on the website afindia.org forward slash podcast. Listen in to the voices that are often invisible but powerful enough to clear the haze.